0: Man, if you want to stand together, we'll look at Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5. And I want to echo the words that have been mentioned. We are so grateful for all of our guests who are with us today. And we're so thankful for the presence of the Lord that we feel here right now. Uh, this last week, my wife and I and, and uh, Pastor Amato and Sister Amber were blessed to be able to attend our uh, general conference for the United Pentecostal Church in St. Louis, Missouri. And it was such a refreshing an encouraging time, faith-building time. So you'll just have to forgive me today uh, because I really believe God's going to do something special in this place today because we're gathered together, not just to have another church service, but we're gathered together to see what God wants to do in this place. Amen. 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 We have one that's going to be baptized in Jesus' name at the end of this service, and we're excited about that. At least one. And uh, then next Sunday, we already have four that are going to be baptized in Jesus' name. So I just feel revival in my spirit. I feel like God is working. Amen. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy chapter one and verse five, before we read, I want to say again that we're grateful to have all the life kids with us today. And um, when our children are with us on the first Sunday of the month, it's very important, it's incumbent upon us that they have an encounter with God. Because I want my kids to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want my kids to have an encounter and experience with Jesus Christ at an old-fashioned altar. That's what I want. And I think there's some of you that feel the same way. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you, even if you're full, even if you've got everything you need, I want you to, to uh, do everything you can to ensure that there is an experience and encounter with God for all of our children to have today. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. In case you don't know the context of this verse of Scripture, This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. Everybody say Paul. The Apostle Paul was writing a letter to his son in the gospel. Not his physical son, but a spiritual son, whose name was Timothy. And he said to him, Timothy, I call to remembrance. I'm remembering right now the real faith. That's what unfeigned means. Feigned means to fake So unfeigned means it's real. He says, I remember the real faith of your grandmother, Lois, and also your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded that this real, unfake, if that's a word, faith is in you also. So something was transferred from a grandmother to a mother, To a little boy who became a young man, who became a son in the gospel to the Apostle Paul. Something was transferred from one generation to the next. And for a few moments today, with the help of the Lord, I want to speak on generational transference. Generational transference. This is something that is very, very important if the body of Christ is going to thrive, if the body of Christ is going to make a difference in our world until Jesus comes, we know that he could come today, but it could be a hundred years, although I don't believe it is going to be a hundred years. But we understand that it's our responsibility to make sure that something transfers from one generation to another. And I'm excited today because a couple weeks ago, the teachers in life kids were teaching about repentance. And Brother Chris said, I want to teach also about baptism. And when he began to talk about water baptism in Jesus' name, little hands began to go up and say, I want to be baptized or baptized, one of them said, in Jesus' name. So we contacted the parents. After the service today, we're going to have a little lesson for those that want to be baptized next week in Jesus' name. And I'm excited that the next generation is beginning to recognize and understand the importance of an encounter with God and obedience to the word of the Lord. We at Life Church need to be focused on generational transference. If you agree with that, put your Bibles down and put your hands together and clap to the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord, for your anointing and your touch and your power to be upon the words that are spoken today. But I pray more importantly Lord Jesus that in this altar in just a few moments that there would be signs following the word of God. That there would be those if they're sick in their body would be healed. Those that are experiencing tremendous chronic pain in their bodies would be set free and delivered from pain. Those, Lord Jesus, who are bound up by bad habits and addictions would be set free from those addictions by the power of the name of the Lord and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would today begin to speak to young people and children, and draw them to you. It's something that we can't do on our own, Lord God, but the Bible says that no man cometh to God save the Spirit draw him. So I'm praying right now and asking Jesus that you'd begin to draw people to you, that your Holy Spirit would begin to work in this place to draw and attract people to the foot of the cross. But you also said that you chose by the foolishness of preaching to save those that. We would believe, and I pray your anointing on the preached word today, and I pray in the name of the Lord that your purpose and will would be done in this house, in the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody that believes and agrees, say amen, Amen. praise God, and you may be seated, hallelujah, toward the close of the Victorian era in the late 19th century, Queen Victoria, the Queen of England, approached the prime minister, the British prime minister, Benjamin Disraeli, and she had a question for him. She said, Mr. Prime Minister, what evidence can you give me of the existence of God? I'd like some evidence if I'm going to believe that God exists. Disraeli responded in this way. He said, the Jew, your majesty. That's the evidence, all the evidence that you need of the existence of God. Now, Disraeli was a Christian, but he was a Jewish convert to Christianity. But he had an absorbed understanding of his ancestors, the Jews. There is simply no other explanation for the Jewish people being alive and well and in existence today, except to say that they are God's people and they are blessed of God. Sociologists are fascinated. Those that study cultures and people groups cannot understand how in the world this small, seemingly insignificant group of people has survived generation after generation after generation. We know that they were in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. That ought to have been enough to crush any group of people. They've been subjected to ongoing persecution for thousands of years. The most recent that we're familiar with being the Holocaust. Yet each and every time you would count the Jews out, they tend to rise to the surface And you can consider the extreme number of Nobel Prizes in science that have been won by the Jewish people. An extraordinary amount compared to all other people groups. Why are these people so blessed? Why have these people survived? Why are they in existence today? The first reason is obvious for us that are believers that understand the Word of God. That is because God blessed Abraham. God blessed his covenant son Isaac and his covenant son Jacob who became Israel. God promised them that I'm going to bless you and I will bless them that bless you and will curse them that curse you. Please understand that the blessings of God have no shelf life. They exist for eternity. And the blessings upon the people of Israel and the Jewish people that we see even in 2012 are a product of God's favor being transferred to them. That's why our nation, the United States of America, cannot afford to move away from our long-term stance of support for Israel and for the Hebrew and the Jewish people. Can I get an amen? So the children, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, This child who became Israel received the blessings of the Father. That's the first reason and we understand this. But a second reason I believe that's very important that the Jews are in existence today and still stand as a witness to the world today is because they understood the importance of generational transference. One of the most important passages to the Hebrews is in Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 4 called the Tetragrammaton. It says this, Hear, O Israel, or behold or listen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. And with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Did you get that? It says diligently, not half-heartedly, not randomly, not if you get the time. But these words are words that you should teach diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And if you study the Jewish people, ancient Jewish, even modern Jewish people, you will discover that this phrase, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Is something that they teach to their children when they first begin to put together syllables and their first words. And they wish and desire that these be the final words that issue across their lips before they take their final breath and go off into the other world. If they can't speak it, they want it spoken over them. They understand the idea of loving the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And understanding, understanding the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the importance of God's monotheism, that there is one God. is something that has to be settled in their spirit and transferred from one generation to the other. So when they wake up, when they sit down in the house, when they're walking by the way, when they lay down, And when they rise up, they say, kids, children, it's important for you to understand that there's only one God. He's not a carved or a graven image. He's not an idol like all the other people worship, but there is only one God that is deserving and worthy of your praise and worship. When they woke up in the morning, they reminded their kids. And when they laid them down to sleep at night, they reminded their children, there's only one God. And it doesn't matter what your friends believe. And it doesn't matter what this world believes. And other nations and other people groups believe. There is but one God. Amen. And this God is deserving of your complete devotion, of your total focus, and of your complete love. So because of this focus... To transfer from generation to generation this statement and the faith associated with it. We see through the Word of God how this was so important. Psalms 145 and 3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Can I get an amen? Verse 4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. One generation is supposed to declare the greatness of God to the next generation. So mom and dad, it's not up to your pastor, and it's not up to a youth director, and it's not up to our Sunday school program to pass this message on to them. We're coming along to help you, but mom and dad, you're one generation, and you're to declare God's greatness to the next generation. Amen. If you've ever been healed divinely, it's important that your kids hear that story from your mouth. If God's ever stepped in, come on, somebody preach with me right now. If God's ever stepped in and met a need for you where you couldn't find where the answer was gonna come from, then your kids need to hear from your mouth the greatness of God. Those powerful moves of God where the Lord delivered and set people free You need to let your kids know about that. Come on now. When God set you free from your addiction to alcohol, your kids need to know what God did for you. Declare his greatness to the next generation. What God did in your family to your aunts and your uncles. The delivering power of the Holy Ghost has to be transferred from one generation to the next. Amen. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Other verses in scripture Further reinforce this principle. Psalms 48 and 12 says, Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof, Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever, it will be our guide even unto death. Amen. Because the opposite is true as well in Judges chapter 2 and verse 10 that if you don't transfer it to the next generation there can be a generation that rises up that doesn't know the Lord. Judges 2.10 Also, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. The generation of the great men of faith who saw the miracles of God, were gathered unto their fathers or went to the grave. And there arose a generation which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel, verse 11, did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam, which is a false god. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers and brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger, and they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. So the Bible gives a specific warning of an instance in the book of Judges, where the men and ladies of faith were gathered to their fathers, and this next generation came along And they knew not the Lord, and they worshiped and served false gods. I want to remind you today that it's extremely important for us as spirit-filled believers to pass the truth and the gospel and the goodness of the Lord on to the next generation. Because, amen, Ronald Reagan said it very well. He said... uh, uh, that uh, uh, our inheritance of freedom doesn't pass because of inheritance. It has to be purchased again and again with each generation because we're so close, not, not that far removed from a generation that would not have liberty and freedom if it's not transferred from one generation to another. And as your pastor today, I stand and I declare to us that it is important that our young people and our children understand Scripture values and understand why the Bible is so important to us and why it is the most important book in the library and why we are, just like the Hebrew people, people of the book. And we teach them the values. We put into their heart the values of the word of God. See, the distinction of the Hebrew people was marked First of all, when a little boy was eight years of age and he was circumcised, Genesis 21 and 4, Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old as God had commanded him. And then the Hebrew children were taught, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Then the Hebrew children were taught the Ten Commandments. Put God first. Have no graven images. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Thou shalt not kill. Don't steal. Don't covet. All of these commandments were pushed into their heart as they learned this is how we please God because this is the word of God. And I believe that biblical values have to be transferred to our children. We must Teach them, first of all, by modeling by example. Because it's a fact. You can tell your kids whatever you want to, but if you don't practice what you preach, they're going to look at what you do more than listen to what you say. Amen? Is that not true? So being a godly person is essential to transfer. You can't transfer something you don't have and you can't transfer something that you are not. But even if you're a child of God and you're living for God, it's important to instruct and teach your children on biblical values. You have to ask yourself this question, what are the values that I want my children to have? What am I trying to establish in my family? And how can I create these values in such a way to protect them from intrusion from the outside and infiltration of external elements i want you to imagine with me right now picture your children at their current age and then i want you to picture them as grown-ups picture them in their 20s picture them as they finish college and get their jobs what values would you like for your children to have you have a dream of what kind of parent you would like to be, what kind of person you would like your child to be. What can you do to establish these values in your children? As I mentioned, children learn values from the conduct of their parents. Guess what? It's a challenge because we live in a world, we live in a world that is not conducive to teaching values to your kids. We live in a world of idolatry. Right? And people say, well, I, I don't see many idols. I don't see carvings, people bowing down and worshiping, worshiping all these carved images and so forth. But I want to tell you right now that we live in a world of idolatry nonetheless. Where people are more concerned about, interested in, and, uh, uh, and more uh, informed about musicians, pop stars, sports, athletes, Teams, statistics, than they are about the Word of God, and that they are about the figures of Scripture, and that they are than they are about Jesus Christ. That's why I'm so thankful that my parents put some values in me when I was young and to this day, when Sunday rolls around, I know it's time to go to the house of the Lord. I know it's time to fellowship with other believers. I know it's time to set this day aside to focus my attention in on Jesus Christ. Uh, Not in a legalistic manner, like the Old Testament Sabbath day only travels so far and uh, uh, there's only so many things you can do. And if your uh, animal falls into the ditch, can you even get it out of the ditch? That's not the legalistic thing that I'm talking about. But I'm talking about dedicating a day where we say, you know what? Uh, No matter what happens, no matter what takes place, uh, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. I'm going to make sure that I have a connection with God because it's important to me but also because I'm trying to transfer this to the next generation. Amen. Juan and Shauna, stand up real quick. Just real quick, stand up and then you can sit back down. Let's give them a big hand because it's their six-year anniversary today. Six years of being married. It doesn't happen every year on Sunday, but today it happened on Sunday they're in the house of the Lord today even on their anniversary you know why because it's important to them but also because they have little eyes that are watching them to find out what are your values mom and dad what are is really important to you and you begin to put this into your kids not just by telling them that god's important and not just telling them that hey i love jesus but by getting your carcass out of bed and when you had all these other things that you could do and all these other things on your priority and schedule you say we're going to the house of the Lord today because God is number one in our life and Sunday's the first day of the week and we're gonna walk our family into the house of God and we're gonna pray together. We're gonna lift up Jesus together. We're going to worship Jesus together because I understand that it doesn't matter what I believe but it's what I do that transfers this. Transfers from one generation to the next, because there's a generation coming on that needs the gospel, there's a generation coming on that needs salvation, and I hate to, I, I hated to accept this fact, but I realized the other day, that I'm not young anymore, and I can't really connect with teenagers like I used to, because I've gotten old, and they look at me, and they look at my little pot belly. They look at these wrinkles around my eyes, and they're like, hey, you know what, I like you, you're cool, you got all together, but you don't know where I am and what I'm going through. But if we transfer this gospel to the next generation, then there's going to be leaders that will stand up from among them that have values that are similar to mine, that were similar to my father." that are similar to the apostles, that are similar to the apostle Peter and the apostle Paul, that can take this message to the next generation. And the values, we could talk about many values, the values of the importance of worshiping only one God, and there can't be anything in our life that competes with our relationship with God the value of respecting all people irregardless of where they come from how much they have, what color their skin or what language they speak teaching them to be humble as the Bible instructs us to be humble, teaching them to be honest even when it's to their advantage, to twist the truth or be a little shady, teaching them to live a moral life uh, because their body is the temple of the Holy Ghost uh, who is in them, whom they have received from God, we are not our own, we are bought with a price, therefore honor. God with your body live a righteous and moral life teaching them to be generous with their time investing their time in other people investing their time in the kingdom of God teaching them to be generous with their money teaching them to practice what they preach and not be a hypocrite and say one thing and do another, teaching them not to be self-righteous recognizing that no one is perfect and all of us are sinners teaching them not to hold a grudge when someone does wrong to them and teaching them the important message. If they miss out on this, they'll miss out on heaven and that is that they've got to forgive one another as they've been forgiven by God. (laughs) Values that have to be passed, sometimes forcibly, but usually just by example and lifestyle and instruction from one generation to the next You matter. You're valued. You have God's anointing on your life. Protect that anointing. You don't want to take that anointing certain places. You don't want to do certain things with the anointing of God. Oh, God, help us. God's put favor in your life. God's put anointing upon you. I don't want you to defile the temple of the Holy Ghost, but I want you to be a righteous example. I want you to live in this world with God's anointing saturating you. Come on, somebody. When you get a little child, five and six years of age, seven, eight years of age, ten years of age, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is an anointing upon their life. life. I'm talking about an anointing that your children can bring their friends to the house of the Lord because they understand the gospel. They understand the presence of the Lord. I think sometimes we forget what it was like to be a child. When I was a child, I knew a whole lot more than I think sometimes that kids know today. But the reality is kids are a lot more observant than we realize they can pick up on a passion for lost souls. They can pick up on a passion for the gospel. Come on, somebody. They can pick up on a passion for prayer. They can begin to sense from their mom and their dad and their teachers and their instructors that these things are important and can begin to get them into their spirits and it can begin to transfer this apostolic, spirit-filled experience and passion can transfer from one generation. One generation to the next generation. But I want to share with you today that there were some things that were transferred. First of all, obviously I mentioned circumcision, a sign of entering into the covenant. The Bible makes it clear. Everybody listen right now. The Bible makes it clear. Circumcision is not the sign of entering into the new covenant through blood in Jesus Christ. The old covenant was a covenant based on the law given to Moses on a mountain and the promise God gave to Abraham signified by circumcision of the man-child on the eighth day. But the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ is through circumcision, but not a circumcision that's a surgical procedure where there's bleeding and a little boy crying. But it is a spiritual procedure. It's circumcision of the heart. But the Bible lets us know in Galatians and in Colossians that this spiritual circumcision is connected and associated to water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, which is where we enter into covenant with Christ Jesus because we have put our faith in the name of Jesus Christ to wash our sins away. When you go down in the waters of baptism, you are saying in essence that I believe that I can't be saved by my good works, I've got to have the name of Jesus called over me for deliverance from my sins. And just like the name of Jesus spoken over my body when it's sick can cause sickness to flee, the name of Jesus spoken over my body when I'm baptized in water has the power to forgive and wash away sins. That's why the Bible said, Jesus himself said, you will receive remission of sins through my name. That's why the Bible says, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby or by which you must be saved. I've got to be saved through the power of the name of Jesus Christ because there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. And it's putting faith in Jesus' name. It's not because of the water. The water doesn't wash your sins away. Amen. It is obedience to the scriptural principle where Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do I have any believers in the house that understand again? And not only do our kids need to be baptized in Jesus' name, but they need to understand why it's so important for their friends to be baptized in the precious name of Jesus and their parents to be baptized. Somehow, this essentiality and this sense of importance and this sense of biblical clarity has to be transferred from one generation to the next. Repenting of our sins, being water baptized in the name of Jesus, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence, the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. This is the way they did it in the book of Acts, and this is the way we do it at Life Church in 2012. We say, just like the apostles say, repent of your sins. Turn away from your old life, and you can have a new life. Amen. Anybody glad that you got new life in Jesus today? Amen. and when you get the Holy Spirit on the inside it begins to sanctify you and I've heard the testimony over and over again I got the Holy Ghost and I didn't feel good about going to that place that I used to go to and I didn't understand why when I walked through the door something said uh-uh and I said, nothing ever said uh-uh before when I walked into this place. What's saying uh-uh now? And then they get in the Word of God, and they realize that things happening in this place are contrary to the principles and the values of the Word of God, and it was the Holy Spirit leading and guiding them to all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. That's why we still preach, and we'll preach. Amen. And continue to preach that the Holy Ghost will give you power over sin. It'll put new values inside of you. Amen. So they understand the distinction of these marks of separation, the convictions about circumcision. And we, of course, also understand the importance of the gospel message and the values of the Bible being transferred to the next generation. Now, and we live in a culture where Hollywood, television, media is working absolutely opposite to what we're trying to accomplish in our home. Anybody agree with me there? Whether you agree with me or not, is the truth. We're fighting an uphill battle. We're a salmon swimming against the stream when we're trying to put values in kids when they're sitting around watching all of these things. That's why I think it's really important, parents. you got to monitor what your kids are watching. Anybody agree with me there? Look at me and listen right now. The TV is not a babysitter. I mean, it can work as one, but it's a babysitter that's liable to use foul language. It's a babysitter that's liable to engage in sexual acts in front of your kids before they're ready to see or observe that. Not that they're ever ready to see or observe that. It's not the kind of babysitter. What kind, how would you feel if you brought a babysitter into your house and you found out they were using foul language tossing sexual innuendos, engaging in acts that the kids shouldn't be seeing, not prepared to see. How would you feel as a parent? You'd be like, I don't think I'm going to bring them back again. Uh, Can we be just straightforward here? Like, oh, I don't care. These kids need to choose their values for themselves. Forget that, baloney. You've got to make a choice that says, I want my kids to have the values that I have. Now please understand, I know that there comes a time when they have to choose what their values are going to be, but it's not 14 years of age, it's not 16 years of age. When they get out of the house, they're going to have to make some values choices, 21, 22, sitting in college, invited to a party, everybody's watching things, there's conversation going on, they have to choose, how am I going to live? What am I going to believe? Mom and dad's not going to be there anymore. Nobody's going to be watching. That's when the values decisions begin to happen. And some of them may experiment and try some things. Man, I was so thrilled this week when I walked up to a young man who i had had an exchange with on social media. He was raised in a gospel-believing home, in the home of a preacher. And he had wandered away from the truth and was professing things that were contradictory to the values of Scripture. I got into a little dialogue or discussion with him on social media and uh, got a little bit heated and uh, going back and forth. But I saw him. I was shocked to see him. He walked up to me and he shook my hand. He said, I need you in my life because I've come back to God. and, and (laughs) And I'm getting licensed to preach. I've got my books here. I want to do what God has called me to do. We met in the airport yesterday with a, a couple who are ministers in Arizona that are friends of ours, and their son had walked away from God. Even though he'd been raised in church, he made choices. Uh, he saw uh, hypocrisy. He saw people playing church in church, uh, and it messed with his head, and he went out and did all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, but he was with his dad. His dad took him to India, and they were in a church service, uh, and somebody in the back began to speak in other tongues. Even though their language uh, was uh, Hindi, I think it is, they began to speak in other tongues and when he heard them speaking in that heavenly language, he began to break and tears began to flow. And now he's back in church leading the music in his parents' church. And I want to tell you today, it excited me and thrilled my soul because I knew even though they had wandered, there was values that had been put into them and it was transferring from one generation to the next generation. Mom and dad, don't get stressed or worried. Pray for your kids. Believe that you put something in them. You're praying something in. you Believing something into them. Hallelujah. The new birth experience, biblical values, these are critical. But the final thing I want to talk about today has to do with experience. It has to do with being in a revival atmosphere, seeing the supernatural. Observing miracles, knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is real. I remember one time sitting in church, this is my experience, a young man. There was a healing line, people were being prayed for, and there was an elderly lady lady, probably in her eighties, maybe even her nineties, that came up to the front and sat in the chair. And I watched, I was standing about as far as I am from Carlos right now, I was watching. The minister who operated in faith healing had her put up her leg this was in my father's church both of her legs the one leg was straight the other leg was bowed and as a result of that bowed lower part of the leg the leg was probably three inches two inches shorter two or three inches shorter than the other one and i saw him speak a word of faith and pray in the name of jesus christ and i saw him take the heel and i saw that leg straighten out and grow To the same length as the other leg. Now when a young man sees something like that. You can't come and tell him that this is not real. (laughs) That this is fake. That this is made up. When you see somebody whose body is racked and full of cancer. And God touches and heals and delivers them. Then you can't tell that something gets transferred from one generation to the next in the supernatural power of God. I'm telling you right now that we cannot afford to play church and we cannot afford to be so seeker sensitive in the way that we have church that our kids never see and experience the sweeping, moving power of the living God. See, because Gideon was one who lived in Judges during that time, when there would be a generation that would die off and a new generation came that didn't honor God. And because of that, God chastised them as his people. And an angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. I'm going to use you and you shall strike the Midianites and the Amalekites as one man. And Gideon said, how's that going to happen? He said, if God be with us, Why has all this bad stuff happened? And here's the important part. And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, how he delivered them through the Red Sea? Gideon said, in essence, guess what? I hear you. I'd like to believe what you say. I share the values of my parents but I have never seen anything supernatural happen. I've never seen a miracle. I've never seen a display of God's power for myself. And so the story goes that God began to show Gideon his power. Fire came up from a rock. The lamb was fleeced twice, and then with 300 men and no tools but lamps. Amen. They were able to defeat a huge army and they saw a miracle in real time in their time. Parents of Life Church, people of God who have children or grandchildren here or godly people who maybe you don't have offspring but you have spiritual offspring as you look around and see the young people and the children in this place. We cannot afford to get so lazy that we stop praying and we stop believing and we just come to church and go through the motions because this place reflects our values. But there has got to be something in our spirit that says I'm believing God for the supernatural. I'm believing God for miracles because not only does the next generation need values transferred and not only does the next generation need the gospel message transferred but the next generation needs the supernatural demonstration and display of the power of God in their midst. Because I'm just going to speak faith right now. I'm going to throw it out because I believe that God is getting ready to bring revival to this church. I believe, come on, I'm not trying to posture right now, but I believe that God is going to begin to fill many, many people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and God is going to deliver people that were bound up. But I need some people in the house that are going to believe with me and have faith with me and take hold of the promises of God with me. I just believe there's going to be miracles that are going to happen in our midst certifiable miracles where people can say hey look what God did look what God did in this life and when we come to the house of the Lord amen I'm sick and tired of going through the motions of having church because if you want a church like that there's church after church after church after church that you can go to you can even go to churches where they hand you a program everything's going to happen minute by minute in that service you can go there But that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in a demonstration of the power of God because we've got to transfer something from one generation to the next generation, and it's not enough just to pass on values, and it's not enough just to pass on an experience, but there's got to be faith that's transferred. I saw it in your grandma Lois. It was faith. I saw it in Eunice, and I see it in you. You've got faith to believe for miracles. You've got faith to believe that God is going to answer prayer. Amen, the other day we were in the building right over here and it was after the the, the midweek service and the kids were running back and forth in there as we were doing the final setup probably about 15 little children running and playing there many of them are over in the nursery right now but they were running back and forth in that service and I was talking with Brother Chris Ledea as we were loading up the chairs onto the rack, and he said, look at those kids right there. I said, yeah. He said, you know what, they're gonna remember this for the rest of their life. They're gonna remember the time when we were between church buildings, that time when we had to set up and tear down every week, We weren't sure where we were going to have church on the midweek. They're going to remember what's happening right now, but I want you to know that by faith, if we can bind together, we can pass something to that generation as they begin to see God move and work and demonstrate his power. I'm just going to stand up and say it and be bold, because next year, I believe by faith in the name of the Lord that our attendance, because of new people being added to the church, is going to go up over 300 and we're going, next year, you listen to me. Next year sometime, we're going to start having back-to-back services on Sunday to accommodate the crowd. Because God, when he starts moving, he does what we can't do. I understand that God's church can't grow because of somebody being smooth or eloquent or gifted. But because he is allowed to move and work and demonstrate his power. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah, in the name of the Lord. I want you to just begin to reach out for the Lord because I feel his presence. I feel faith in the house right now hallelujah because these kids are going to remember when God supernaturally provided us a building amen when we didn't know where we were going to go and we would filled up the building that we were renting and leasing and God opened a door for us I want you to understand amen I want you to believe right now with me that something's going to be transferred to this next generation and it's not just our values and it's not just our experience these are important but it's the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah come on somebody, I want you to lift up your hands and begin to feel after God right now I feel faith in the house, maybe it's just mine but I feel it, come on hallelujah, I feel faith in this place right now hallelujah Lord hallelujah hallelujah Lord hallelujah Lord hallelujah hallelujah, come on, that's it Jesus, we praise you Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we feel your presence in this house today, Lord God. We feel your glory moving in here right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. If it's okay, I'll just reference my own children in closing right now. Because in just a moment, I'm going to invite all of us, especially those of you that have children, to bring your kids to the front. We're going to pray. And I'm asking that they would have. I'm asking of God that they would begin to have an encounter with the Lord—a spiritual encounter—so that something would be transferred that we cannot do. There's certain things that have to be transferred spiritually, encounter, and demonstration of the presence of the Lord. And I saw my my oldest daughter, Cambria Cambria come here. I saw Cambria when she was five. Five years old. She's four or five years old. I saw her as she began to feel the presence of the Lord moving on her life she started to cry and she started to pray some might say well she was too young to really know what was going on or understand what was taking place she doesn't even, she's not even able to grasp all the values she doesn't understand the gospel message the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus how it's tied together to repentance, water baptism, spirit baptism she can't comprehend it all you know what as she walked up to the front there with tears flowing down her face there was something being transferred from one generation to the next that I couldn't do through teaching that I couldn't do through instruction it was a spirit led and prompted thing and you know what I'm standing before you today saying I'm thankful I go to a church where those kinds of things happen in the presence of the Lord Brooklyn come here this is Brooklyn and she told me the other day she said daddy I want to receive the Holy Spirit I want the Holy Ghost she's heard about it her whole life she's heard her Sunday school teachers talk about it she's heard her daddy preach it and she's heard evangelists come through and preach about the Holy Ghost and even though at this point she doesn't fully understand it she said I want the Holy Ghost I want to be right with God I want to receive this gift a couple weeks ago, I somebody got my attention and pulled me over, and she was over there crying and weeping, talking to the Lord, having an encounter with Jesus Christ. She's going to receive the Holy Ghost very soon. Amen. Anybody say amen with me? But I understood, and I became so emotionally moved over there because I realized that something that I cannot transfer by myself was being transferred from one generation to the next, was the power of the Holy Spirit and the hunger for God. And in this place right now, I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving right now. I feel faith in this place. And I'm praying in Jesus' name, hallelujah, that a hunger for God in the hearts of our children would begin to grow as the Spirit of the Lord begins to draw them Because the Lord said suffer the little children to come unto me. He wanted the children to come sit on his lap and spend time with him. He wanted them to have an encounter with him. And I believe Jesus Christ today. I believe Jesus Christ today still has that same desire. Suffer the little children to come unto me. I want to have an encounter with these little people. So I can put something in their spirit. That I put in your spirit a long time ago. So moms and dads. Saints of God, brothers and sisters, why don't we gather up to the front right now for a few moments. If you have your children, bring your children up here because we're going to pray. We're going to pray in Jesus' name that the Spirit of the Lord would move. We're excited because in just a few moments right outside, we're going to have at least one baptized in Jesus' name. We're going to rejoice and celebrate in that fact. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Moms and dads, if your kids are close, get, get, get together with them. Get together with them. Hallelujah. You guys can move on up, up there that, so people can come on through to the front. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mom and dad, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just put your hand on the shoulder or the head or grab the hand of your child and I just want you to begin to pray for them that they would have an encounter with the Holy God right now that they would feel the presence of Jesus that they would begin to hunger and thirst after the Lord that something would begin to take place in their spirit and as you pray I want you just to believe and wait on God right now that's it use your voice right now Jesus I pray right now, Lord God, hallelujah. beginning to have stammering lips and speaking in tongues. I want all, if it's okay, I'd, I'd like all the Life Kids, everybody, between the ages of, uh, I believe it's like five and, and, and 12, and even, even if you're older, I want you to come stand right here, because we're going to pray, and I want Brother Francisco and Sister Iris and the Life Kids staff, I just feel like praying for these kids right now, I want there to be a breakthrough, shut that up. <laughs> Hallelujah, come on, gathering close, we're going to just lift up our hands and praise Jesus. I'm going to pray with you right now. Moms and dads, I want you to come in too. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this life, even right now. Oh, this place there's a lot of- feels good right now let's just lift up our hands and praise jesus a little bit more this is what we came here for we didn't come just to go through the motions of a church service we came to have an encounter with the presence of the lord jesus i love you jesus i worship you you are my god too i love you jesus and i surrender my life completely in your hands jesus I Want your will to be done lord god and i want your glory jesus to be manifest in my life lord I love you so much, Jesus, and I praise you. You're beautiful to me, Lord God, and I love you above all things, Jesus. You are number one in my life. I love you so much, Jesus, and I want your Holy Spirit to be in me, Lord God, and to move over me and through me, Jesus. I want to win people to you, Lord God. I want the gospel to be the most important thing in my life, Jesus, besides you yourself, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I worship you. Hallelujah. Amen. This is I feel the presence of the Lord still here lingering right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I why don't you, if you got your kids, just take them close and hold them for a minute. Just embrace them. Give them a hug. And, Just pray a blessing over them this week at school. Pray that God would be with them. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray for every parent here, Lord God, that you'd give them wisdom to transfer values, Lord Jesus. One generation to the next, Lord God. And we pray in Jesus' name for these children as well, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. I just believe it's the will of God for us to have people getting the Holy Ghost and being born again every week here at Life Church. Amen. I just believe that. Amen. Praise God. And I just believe it's it's starting right now and it's going to continue steady, steady, steady. It's going to grow. Amen. And uh, is it, are you Brandon? and was baptized uh, last Tuesday night and he came up out of the tank and we're praying with him. And then God baptized him with the Holy Ghost and he's starting a journey with Jesus Christ and he wants to bring his friends with him as well. Isn't that exciting? Praise God. And uh, another one is going to be baptized in Jesus' name, Joshua, is going to be baptized. Where's Josh at? Josh right there, going to be baptized in Jesus' name here in just a few moments. And, and I, I, uh, before I turn it over to uh, uh, Pastor Motto, I just want to say, uh, make it to your life group this week, put forth effort to be in your life group, and also those of you that want to, we're going to open the church, uh, the, the old church building in Pasadena, uh, the Pasadena location, I'm going to open it up at 7 o'clock, uh, from 7 to 9, it'll be open for prayer. Monday through Friday in the morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the morning. So if you're close by and you want to stop by and just have a word of prayer, get some consistency in prayer. Because the kind of revival that God's given to our church doesn't happen because we're pretty or handsome or because we uh, got the right name or have the right values. It happens because people hunger and thirst for more of God. And I, I just feel it inside of me. I feel great faith that God's going to do it. And I just want to get closer to Jesus. And, and I know I, I'm, there's many that feel that as well. So you're welcome to stop by between 7 and 9, Monday through Friday. And, uh, um, and uh, just tag in with the Lord. If you need to come earlier uh, because of your job, but you do want to stop by, let us know. We'll figure out a way to get you in. Um, but I'm not getting there before 7. <laughs> Praise God. Pastor Armando, lead us. Hey Amen. It's so wonderful to experience what God is doing here today. We're going to have a ba- Pastor Baptize Josh, and if you want to see that, you can make a nice, neat, single file line this way outside. Let's let Josh and Pastor get situated, and you can see that if you like, and then also
1: you can fellowship, but also
0: if you are here for the second or third time or first time, we'd like to get to know you, and you can meet us at Pastor's Reception. Amen. God bless you. Let's have a great week in the Lord, and let's continue in this mode of revival. God bless.